Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Today, uh, I'm going to start off this morning by doing a little activity, and, uh, and I need someone to help me with that. Actually, well, let's get um, Matt. You want to come up here, Matt? And uh, we're just going to put something on stage here. Uh, i got a box of Lego. Do you want to come and grab one of these stools? Playtime. No, you can put that one at the other end. <laughs> awesome. It is Lego. It's Riley's Lego. So if we lose any of it, we're all in trouble. So, um, so this is what I want you to do. So this activity, well, first of all, let me ask you something. I need you to do some work for me. I need you to move some of these Lego blocks into that container. Um, if you do that, I'll, I'm happy to, to give you this as a reward. It's one point two. Yeah, well, you can give it away. Rachel be fine with it. So um, it'd be 1.3 kilos of red frogs. They're very good for you, apparently. But uh, yes, yes, yes. Some, there's red frogs everywhere. So do you, is that okay? You'd be happy to take this. Okay, well, good. Well, we'll put this here. Uh, so this is what I want you to need to do. So we know that Lego blocks are very heavy. So you need to start at this end. You can only move one at a time because they're very heavy. I need you to pick up one block. Whatever, that's a wheel. It looks like a weapon um, and put it in there so you can start doing that if you like and if you can and we need to move these blocks like or it would be good if we move all of them so you need to do it as quick as you can and um, and that's pretty much that's it for today so I'm just gonna go and sit down here and um, so just free to just talk amongst yourselves while Matt does that and we'll uh, see how long he takes to do it If you need to check, check social media or Facebook, you're welcome to do that in this time. It's like, keep going, Matt. You're doing well. You're doing well. We just need to keep... Yeah. Can't be getting tired. They're very heavy, those blocks, so there's a lot of work to do. I think you need some help. So um, let's, let's uh, get some help. Uh, no. You, those, those chairs, they're actually fixed to the floor. You can't move them. There's, so, yeah. Uh, Timmy, can you come up here and uh, you can help Matt as well. Even though you're bigger and taller, you can still only carry one block. No, that's cheating. Cheating, no cheating. Bit of teamwork there. Yes, we love teamwork. Awesome. Let's go. Let's. You've only got about oh, probably three to four hundred blocks to go. You broke the motorbike, Riley. Tim broke your motorbike. You're in huge trouble. You've got to untangle that before you get to the other side. No, I'm joking. Sorry. Okay, so these guys, I need one. Rach, can you come and help these guys? So Rach is helping. Yeah, it's all family, about family. So um, Rach wants it. She's trying to find one that looks pretty. Okay, and radio. Okay, let's stop there. Let's stop there. Okay, okay. Oh, we got, yeah, well, you can put that in there. Good job. Let's give him a hand. Good job. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. So, so I just want to give a reward. So, Rach, you were, you were first up here, and I will reward you for the incredible job you did. 
Uh, you moved more than you guys, so I don't know what happened there. Um, Troy was Troy was very good at moving Lego blocks, and so um, I want to give you as a reward this whole pack. There you go. It's do whatever you want with that. Tim, Tim was next up, did a great job, uh, moved some more blocks and rage, about four bits, good effort. Okay, and um, here's your reward, I'm going to give you a pack of red frogs as well. And Matt, Matt, what we agreed on at the start is that we would give you this pack of red frogs as well, so there you go, and that's yours, you did the most work, but... Uh, and you did a good job. No, he only gets one. And so that's it. Okay, you guys can go on stage. And if you can, if you can get rid of maybe help me get rid of these, that would be awesome as well with your red frogs. Okay, very good. Awesome. Yes, you got frogs. Thank you. Sponsored by uh, Red Frogs Australia. Uh, that's not a joke. That's real. They actually gave me those red frogs. So. Who thinks that's fair, the payment? No. Okay. That's all right. Do you know that that activity is actually a picture of God's grace? It's a picture of God's grace. Another uh, understanding of God's grace is undeserved favor. I want to read you a, um, a story that Jesus told. It's a parable about uh, some workers. And it's a story that he probably made up. I mean, this, this thing happened, what he's talking about. But it's probably a made-up story. And he's talking about God's kingdom. And he starts off, this is the Passion Translation in Matthew 20, verse 1 to 16. It says, this will help you understand and operate. That's important to know. He says, this will help you understand the way heaven's kingdom operates. God's kingdom doesn't operate the same way as our worldly kingdom does, as the kingdoms in the world or our government systems and things like that. It doesn't, our, our, especially our Western mindset, doesn't operate the same way as God's kingdom does. He says this, There was once a wealthy landowner who went out at daybreak to hire all the laborers he could find to work in his vineyard. After agreeing to pay them the standard day's wage, which was a pack of red frogs, uh, he put them to work. Then at nine o'clock he was passing through the town square. He found others standing around without work, like Tim. He told them, Come and work for me in my vineyard and I'll pay you a fair wage. So off they went to join the others. He did the same thing at noon and again at three o'clock, making the same arrangement as he did with the others. Hoping to finish his harvest that day, he went to the town square again at five o'clock and found more who were idle, like Rach. Uh, so he said to them, why, why have you been here all day without work? Because no one hired us, they asked. So he I answered. So he asked, he said to them, then go and join my crew, God has a crew, and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard went to his foreman and said, call all the laborers, line them up, and pay them the same wages, starting with the most recent ones I hired and finishing with the ones who worked all day. When those hired late in the day came to be paid, they were given a full day's wage. The packet of red frogs. And then those who had been hired first, uh, first came to be paid. They were convinced that they would receive more because that's the way we would think in our world this day. But everyone was paid the standard wage. When they realized what had happened, they were offended 
and complained to the landowner, saying, you're treating us unfairly. They're only, they've only worked for one hour while we've slaved and sweated all day under the scorching sun. You've made them equal to us. The landowner replied, friends, I'm not being unfair. I'm doing exactly what I said. Didn't you agree to work for the standard wage? If I want to give those who only work for an hour equal pay, what does that matter to you? Don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? Why should my generosity make you jealous of them? So this is showing us a picture of how God's kingdom operates. He said, this will help you understand how I work. So in this story, this story is about God's grace and God's generosity. Today I want to talk about amazing grace, because grace really is amazing. In this story, the landowner represents God, and the vineyard represents God's kingdom. God's kingdom is about people. It's about people's lives being transformed, people changing, people serving, people working together, about God giving people gifts and abilities and talents to work in his kingdom to see a harvest of people come in and one to the kingdom of God, about people coming to know God. It's God's kingdom. So this story represents the vineyards representing the kingdom. The landowner is God. Now, if we look at this story from the very start, we see that it's the landowner, if we want to say it this way, God himself, actually he's the one that goes and finds people and invites them to come and work and to serve in his vineyard. And so it wasn't them going to them, will you please hire me? Can you, can you give me some work? Or can I be a part of your vineyard? Can I be a part of your crew? As they use that word there. It wasn't that. He actually went out himself and said, will you come and I'll reward you if you come. And so when we put this into perspective, if that vineyard is God's kingdom, and we're like those that are out there waiting for something to happen in our lives, it's actually God who reaches out to us. And the Bible says it's by grace that we have been saved. In other words, we have all entered into God's kingdom by grace. And it was the landowner by grace that he actually went in the first place and asked them to come and give them work and give them a reward in the first place that they even got themselves there. So it was the landowner that went out and reached out to them, just as God reaches out to us, just as God sent his only son to die on a cross to take our place for our sin. It was God that reached out to us so we could come and know him and have relationship with him and have eternal life with him. So it's God who is reaching out. It's important to understand that whole thing, that in this whole picture, in this whole story, there wouldn't be any reward anyway unless the landowner went and reached out and brought them and invited them to come. And then it says that, you know, in, in God's kingdom, the length and faithful service and the amount of work does not determine what the reward is. So we see this picture of there that we would think in our structure, in our society, and the way we live, especially in our Western world, that if someone's done more work, then oh, we should pay them more. But they'd agreed to what they were expecting to pay, and they were happy with that. It only happened that when someone in this story only worked for one hour of a day out of instead of like nine hours that suddenly they thought oh well you know 
how come they're getting the same as me? They got offended because of God's generosity. And the same thing would happen in our world today that if you're in a, running a business or a workplace and you chose as a, as, a, as a boss to then you're paying everyone and they'd agree, yes, this is a wage and I get paid that. But if the boss decided to give a bonus or extra to someone just because he wanted to, then you could, then people, you imagine what happened in a workplace, they'd be like, did you hear what the boss did? Gee, well, the bo- he, he gave, he got an extra couple hundred dollars. This, how come they got extra? And I, I've been slaving away in this place. I've been, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting a new job. I'm out of here. Oh, this boss is terrible. Now, you know, I can imagine some of you may have been in workplaces like that. And I can imagine that, but if you imagine at the end of the day, when the, he, imagine if he lined everyone up, everyone had worked all day long. And he went through and he gave them all a packet of red frogs. Okay, he gave them all a day's wage, okay? They would have been, oh, excellent. Yeah, thank you so much. I'd love to work another day or whatever, whenever you need me or whatever. Everyone would be happy. So the issue wasn't over money. The issue wasn't over the amount. The issue wasn't over the gift. It was simply came down that the issue was over, I deserve more because I worked harder. I put more effort in. You know, God's kingdom doesn't work the way we sometimes think, especially in our Western world. God isn't, doesn't reward uh, always according to because I've done more or because I've done, that person's done less, they only deserve that, I only deserve that. God, God understands our lives. He understands where we've come from. He understands our journey, where we've been onto. He understands what we've gone through to be where we are. He knows what's coming in our future, so He knows what we need at that time. And the Bible promises that He will meet all your needs. And, it's, and we should never get offended at God's generosity towards someone else. The first workers had a fixed agreement and knew what they were going to receive. The workers later in the day had no agreement. Okay, so there was no like, I will give you a day's wage. He didn't say that. He said, I'll give you fair pay. That's all the landowner said. I'll give you fair pay. There was no agreement, but they were trusting that the landowner would pay them a fair wage. So would, could it be that, you know, these first workers said, yes, I know what I'm going to get. They understood, God, you know, the, if you want to put it in terms that God had spoken to them. And sometimes he will speak in our lives and he, and he said, if you will serve me and do this or whatever, that I, you, sometimes he'll speak to you, I'm going to bless you with this. You're going to have this is what's going to happen. Other times he doesn't. And so could it be that these people who, you know, they probably assumed that oh, I might not get as much as someone else or whatever I might, I don't know what I'm actually getting because he hasn't told me. But because they trusted and had faith in the landowner, then was it because of that trust and faith that the landowner decided to bless them with more? Someone once said this, that, that faith is the currency of heaven. The currency of heaven isn't money like we use money. It isn't possessions, but faith really is the currency of heaven. Without, without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. The Bible talks all about faith. Faith activates the kingdom of God. Faith activates miracles. Faith activates God's word. And so faith is powerful. So they had to have faith. They, the land could have turned around and gave them like one or two cents. Oh, you've only worked an hour. Oh, I'm only going to give you a little bit. They were totally at the mercy of the landowner, but they had said, no, I'm going to, yep, okay, whatever you think is fair, fair wage, and they trusted him. And at the end of the day, they were blessed. Imagine how 
Imagine that one person or a few people that worked an hour and suddenly they go, what? How, how, why, I don't deserve this. That's what, that's what you're thinking. Be like, I don't deserve this. But grace is understood. The Bible also says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Sometimes our faith, when we have faith and trust in God, it's like, we're, it's like you're drawing close to God, you're seeking him. And the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's by grace that he rewards the workers who work less than a day. And God did that as he saw fit. For whatever reason, God will, you have people around you and you will, you will see it. That we're, but sometimes God will bless or reward people around you and you may not know why and they may not know why either. But God does it because he sees fit. He always has a reason why he does things, but you don't always see it at the time. And so what we shouldn't do is get offended at God's generosity. Have you ever been angry at God? I've had conversations with people over the years that have come to me and said, it's just not fair. I've been doing all this stuff and been serving God and doing these things and whatever. And, and, and they feel like whether it's in church or wherever it may be, I'm living for God, doing these things. And then this person over here, they've only been a Christian a little while or whatever. And then suddenly, and suddenly like this blessing and favor and all this stuff. And, and it's not fair. God's, God's not listening to me. God's just, he's just not, you know, he's just not seeing me at all. And I've heard people get angry and offended against God because God has chosen for whatever reason to bless them in that season of their life. The thing is what they don't know is they don't know where that person's come from. They don't know what that person's gone through, but God does. And, so, and God knows what they have to face, and there's probably a reason why he is blessing them because of what they're about to face. And the truth is that if down the track that the tables are probably going to turn, and there's going to be a point in their own life where if they don't whinge and complain about it or get offended, where God is going to bless them because they need it at that point in time, and that the whole situation is going to turn around. And so there's people around us in our, in sitting in this church today that some, you know, may have more than others for various reasons. And, and God's blessing seems like they're blessing someone more. Blessings aren't always, you've got to remember, aren't always possessions. They aren't always money. There's greater things than all of that, material possessions. Having a great family, having a great family, having a family of God, having great friends is far more valuable than any possession or money you could ever have. You can have all the money in the world, and, and I've known people who have been very wealthy, and they've got a lot of wealth. And I've seen people that have been a part of church when they're younger and got a lot of money, and they're no longer knowing God because the money became the problem. The money became their issue. And they thought, if I get more money, I'll be more happy. And guess what? The more they got, the more they wanted, and the more they found out that it didn't make them happy. So money does not make you happy. If you can't be happy with what you've got now, then you won't be happy with more. That's the truth. That's truth. And you can talk, I've talked to people that have been in that situation, and, they've, and, then, and I've known people that have had a lot, and they've lost it all. And they've come back to God and, they, and they've come back and in their relationship with Him and realized that I'm more happy now with the little I have than all that stuff I had. It was just empty. It was just empty. Not saying that God doesn't want to bless you because and, and you can be wealthy and you can use it for God's kingdom. So it's not bad to have money at all. Either is not wrong, but God will grace people with different gifts and abilities and use, and use people in different ways to do what He wants to do. And so... But you may have been, there could be people in this room sitting here that you have been in that position where you've looked around and got angry maybe 
because someone else has had more than you or, or vice versa. And you're saying, I don't understand that. Why is that? Do you know the best thing we can do, what we need to do, is when someone is blessed and you may have done you know you've done more. Maybe you serve more and you've sacrificed more or whatever. And you're sort of thinking, I'm not sure if they've sacrificed as much. What we should do is celebrate with them and go, isn't it awesome that God is blessing you? Isn't, it all, isn't God's favor awesome? And I'll tell you, when that is your attitude, God smiles on you. God smiles on you. See, we're a family of God. In the, if you read through the whole book of Acts, there was wealthy people and there was poor people that were coming to Christ. And the wealthy, often they were supporting the poor and vice versa, and it ebbed and flowed. And, and so the church actually helped each other in, with financially, but supported you know, with family and friends and had meals and all that kind of stuff. And so we as a family actually support each other. There's going to be times when we have a lot and there's going to be times we have a little. Paul talked about, I know what it's like to have a lot. I like what it's like to have a little bit. I just praise God and celebrate in all things, no matter what's going on in my life, I can trust in God because he understood God's grace. He understood God's favor. And when we understand that, then no one's unhappy, no one's sad or jealous of someone else because that's what Jesus was addressing about. Don't be jealous of others. Celebrate with them. Celebrate with what God's given. And when you celebrate, there's a joy that comes and there's a strength that comes. And you just got to say, God, I trust you. Whatever you give me, I trust you because you'll look after my every need. This is, the, this is the warning to each of us, is not to be proud of what we have done and expect more than those whom we think have done less. After all, if we have done more or done it longer, it's only because of God's grace that we have the opportunity to be a part of his kingdom anyway. It's only because of His grace that we have the opportunity to do what we are doing and serving and being a part of a church family. And when we understand grace in our own lives, because you understand personally what you have been saved from, and there's, there's hundreds of different stories in this room here right now that we've come from all different backgrounds and pasts and things that are going on. When you understand you and those around you, you start to understand that grace isn't just for you. It isn't just for your friends or family. The grace is for everybody, especially those that don't know Jesus yet. It's for everybody. And when we understand that grace, it actually should motivate us to reach out to others and say, and, and say, I need to, other people, there's broken, hurting people out there that need to know God's grace. It's undeserved favor. It's condition you're in. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter how hurting you are. You don't have to be perfect to, to walk in the church. I've had so many people have conversations, I can't go to church because I've done so much bad stuff. They thought oh, the roof will cave in and they're like half serious about it. They're like, they think God won't accept them. But God's grace does. He more than accepts them. He welcomes them. And so when we understand grace, it should motivate us and cause us to step out of our comfort zones, to step out of our way, to say, do you know what? There's grace for you. There's help for you. There's love for you. There's undeserved favor for you. There is blessing for you in your life. A video before we finish today of a powerful story of just this. And uh, a story about a, a lady uh, who reached out to a guy in New York City. And it's a, the pastor you'll see at the start is Jim Simbala, who is the pastor at Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York City. Um, and it's an incredible church and uh, sees lots of broken people come in. And, and this is a story about a guy who was, his life was a mess. But she, understanding grace, 
and knowing who God was, reached out to a man and saw an incredible miracle take place. So I want to just you to watch this um, this uh, short clip of his life. It goes about eight I minutes. I remember before so we clearly today. the day Eddie Wanda in the choir, one of the sopranos, um, came to me and said. Pastor Simbola, you got to pray for this fellow named Danny. I met him on my job. He is a time bomb ready to just explode. It's an impossible situation, but we're praying. We're interceding. I've got some people praying with me. Would you join us? Because unless God performs a miracle, I can't even imagine what his end might be. I've been uh, doing hair and makeup uh, as a freelance hairdresser and makeup artist, working in photo studios in New York and basically around the world for about 35 years. But in my very early 30s, I decided to move to Paris uh, because I wanted to be in the center of what was happening fashion-wise. And within two months of being in Paris, I got my first cover of Vogue magazine. When that cover hit the newsstands, um, my career just exploded. Now I was charging $3,000 a day, and uh, I was working every day. I had as much money as I wanted to spend on drugs. Suddenly it wasn't like pills and alcohol. Now it was cocaine, and then it started, then heroin came into the picture. One day I was on a photo shoot um, in New York City, and uh, the model who was on this photo shoot was a very beautiful redhead and she began to talk to me about the Lord. God is in, God loves you and this and I was like you know whatever. She, to me she was a religious fanatic and I really didn't have very much to say to her. I just let her talk. Before she left she said um, hey Dan do you mind if I pray for you? Right in the studio she just took my hand she began to pray out loud and I had never been around anybody praying out loud, you know. And I began looking around at people going like, you know, I just thought this girl's nuts. Before she walked out, she said, look, you know, you're in trouble. She goes, I know who you are. I've seen your work in magazines for years and um, I know you work with all these famous celebrities, but you're in big trouble. And she said, so I just want to let you know that the day you call on the name of the Lord, he's gonna set you free. And I said, oh really? You know, like that. And I went like, you don't understand. Uh, I've gone way too far, <laughs> you know. And so, oh no, no, there's no hopeless cases with Jesus. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know. But listen, I will never call on the name of the Lord. That won't happen. And I won't ever come to your church. One of my contracts uh, was for a clothing manufacturing company, and uh, we were shooting down in the Caribbean, and I overdosed on heroin. They sent me back a few days later to New York, and they pulled my contract on a morals clause, and I didn't care. All I wanted to do was shoot dope. So one day, I, I pulled a garbage can between my legs, and I just began to cut up everything that had my name on it anything, passports, driver's license. I put the keys on the table and I just walked out and closed the door behind me and I never went back. And I began to live on the streets. Day-to-day -day existence on the streets of New York was um, you wake up, you're sick, you need drugs. I'd gotten down to about 108 pounds. 
Um, I developed hepatitis A, hepatitis B, hepatitis C. Every once in a while, you know, living on the streets, I would, I would uh, go to a payphone and I would call Wanda and I would say, look, I need some money, you know, and she would go, well, by the church today. We have choir practice tonight, you know. Uh, I can give you 20 bucks or, you know, whatever. She never gave up on me. She never gave up on me. Um, she never gave up on me. I didn't know it, but she had a whole team of, like, you know, her thing for me. And they would pray for me in prayer meetings, you know, where there's thousands of people there, you know, crying out to God. I mean, they would pray for me and pray for me. And, and you know, what did I know? I didn't know everybody was praying for me. I started developing a lot of phobias on living on the street. I began to hear voices in my head. And it just began, it, it, it was constantly accusing me and constantly telling me how I would mess up. And then there was like another voice that started in and I could hear them both at the same time. And the other voice would just curse and just spew out filthy language. You know, there was a third voice that used to just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. I was riding the trains and uh, this, this guy who was like a drug addict who was also riding the train and he said, there's a hospital next stop, you should go to the hospital, you know, and I went, oh yeah, maybe I will, because I didn't want to die on the street. I went in through emergency and uh, I, was, I was sick, I mean, I was really sick. I don't know if it's something I remembered that Wanda had said to me or whether like an angel whispered in my ear, but there was like one moment where I just heard like a sweet little voice in the midst of all that craziness. And it said, the day you call in the name of the Lord, he's gonna set you free. It was just at that moment that, uh, that I cried out to God, that it, it was as if the spirit of God just swept into that hospital room. And it was as if he was all around me and all in me and healing me and loving me. I, I don't even know what I was experiencing, but it was, it was an overwhelming experience. And immediately all the voices in my head stopped. It was just that quickly. And, um, that's been 11 years ago almost, and they've never come back. Well, Wanda came back into the picture when um, I was in the rehab. I wrote her a letter, and I told her what had happened. And, um, and she wrote me back a letter. It just said, like, it had three big letters on it, W-O-W. I said, wow. <laughs> She, she couldn't believe it. I'll tell you the thing that blows me away more than anything is that God goes so much further than we ever dare to ask him for. You know what I'm saying? Like when I called on the name of the Lord, I just wanted to get out of a jam. <laughs> <laughs> and, and God says, no, no, I'll get you out of the jam, but I'm going to give you a new life. Not only that, I'll go even further than that. I'll stand you up 
in front of all the world, in front of audiences of thousands and thousands of people so that others will know that they too can obtain mercy. You know, it's almost like a trophy, like you're his trophy that he wants to show off to the world and say, I can do this in somebody's life. that powerful that's a story of God's grace and um, you know and I want to talk about amazing grace today because grace is amazing and when we understand how powerful it is there's thousands of people in our city in situations not exactly the same but like him that need it there's people sitting in this building this morning that you know, we've got people in backgrounds that may have been similar to that, that have come out of God to save people out of incredible situations. And to be when we understand grace, we need to be the ones that we need to reach out. And, and you may get a reply like she got. Sorry, sorry. You know, he's apologizing while she's praying. She didn't care. And he says, I will never walk into your church. I will, I will, I'll never call upon the name of the Lord. And she could have said okay fine whatever I'm not, I don't want to go talk to him again I'll go find someone else but she didn't she went back and said let's keep praying for him and it took a while we've been talking about prayer of the last weeks and, and uh, we can never forget never forget that prayer is an incredible and powerful weapon that it was prayer and God's grace that saved him in that he had such a powerful encounter, that was a powerful encounter that he had voiced in his head, had all this stuff going on. In that one moment, he was set free. The reason it happened like that is because of the prayer. Prayer, it's like God was waiting for the moment. And, the mo- and all he had, he just thought it. Just thought, I need to call upon the name of the Lord. And just that thought, just that one moment of reaching out, God invaded his world and healed him and set him free and obviously he probably went through some stuff over a period of time but the voices stopped that's a miracle right there that it's just it just the enemy's hand was cut off and there's grace for everyone here this morning and i don't know everyone's story or where you're at but you can feel like you're away from god you could feel broken Maybe you've got some stuff you're battling with in your own life and you say, I need to be free from this stuff, but I don't know how to be free from it. I don't know how to handle it. You need God's grace. He can encounter you in a moment just like He encountered Him this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet? in the name of Jesus just close your eyes for a moment just as you stand there just blocks out distractions maybe you're here today and, and you feel you're away from God 
like you're separate from Him. And maybe you feel like I've done stuff and God, I don't think He wants to accept me or love me because all this stuff I've done, done wrong, but that's not true. God's grace reaches out to you. And, he, and he's, he's like reaching out this morning saying, come to me. Come to me, those who are weary. Come to me, those that need my grace, those that need my love. Come to me and I'll draw near to you. And maybe here today and you may not know Jesus at all. You may never say, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my mistakes. I want to know you more. Thank you for your grace. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you have, but you just feel distance from God. And before we end today, I want to give an opportunity to every single person here. No matter whether you've gone to church all your life or it's your first day in church today. This invitation goes out to every single person. You don't know Jesus, but you're saying, today I need to draw near to Him. I need to come close to Him again. I need His love and forgiveness in my life. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. So would you pray for me today? Would you include me in a prayer today? We had two people in the first, thank you. We had two people in the first service that did that this morning. It's like the whole, one guy was, I could tell the whole service he was there. It was like he was waiting for that moment. He'd just been away from God. And as soon as I asked, his hand went up and he started crying, bawling his eyes out in the front row because he just waited for that moment. Just the invitation to say, will you come? Just like the landowner went to the guys, will you come and be a part of my kingdom? The invitation's here this morning from God saying, will you come? Will you come? Will you receive my grace? Will you receive my forgiveness? Will you receive my love? doesn't matter what you've done. I'll accept you just as you are. Is anyone else who want to do that this morning? I had one person put up their hand. What I'll, what I'll do is if the person put up their hand up the back there, I'd love to talk with you. I'd love you to come up the front and meet me or come with someone. I'd love to pray with you before the service is out. that we're just going to sing this quietly because God's presence, incredible presence is here. And there's people here that you, you've got people in your lives that you know need to know Jesus. Their lives are a mess. And I just believe that God is calling you and, and just reminding you today that you have an answer. You carry an answer. That you actually carry grace. You carry it. What you say, how you act, how you approach them, you carry grace, you carry His love. And I'm just going to, we're just going to sing this song this morning, just quietly. And as we do that, I want you to reach out to Him and allow His Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you remind every single person here today of people in their lives that you've called them to reach out to. Like, like Wanda reached out to that man and he was totally changed. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that today that you would impress on our hearts, Lord God, that we have carry an answer. We carry his love. We carry his grace. And that you would cause us to step out of our comfort zone, no matter what response we get, but would reach out. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.